I hate losing more than anything. And, uh, and, and, and I work my tail off, man, uh, to make sure that our city, our fans, our team, our coaches and all that can just enjoy winning. And so, man, sitting here at one and seven, it sucks, but nothing in me is gonna stop until I see the other side of it. And, and trust me, man, I, I used to say it, man, I'm gonna see the other side of it. They're playing really good on both sides. And uh, they're playing physical. They're running the ball extremely well. Rivers has great command of the system. Um, and defensively, they're physical, man. They're a good football team. What's up, football fans? It's time for another episode of Vegas Nation. Your podcast here is sponsored by the local Southern Nevada Toyota dealers. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined also with Michael Gelkin, our Raiders beat writer who's out in Oakland this week waiting for the home return of the Raiders who just got off the Battle of the Bay, lost to the 49ers again. We talked about that in last week's episode. And this week, they will close out their season series with the Chargers. This Sunday in Oakland, the LA Chargers are now 6-2 and two on the year and looking to extend that win streak to six. They just recently came off a win over the Seahawks. So another big game here for Oakland, a divisional game. But for right now, I think it means more, obviously, to the Chargers, who are second in the AFC West. Oakland still hanging on the bottom rung at 1-7. and seven. These teams last met in Week 5, and it was a 26-10 victory for the Chargers. And now they're looking to move into Oakland with some steam behind them. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk with Gilbert Manzano, who's here. He's going to give us kind of his on-the-clock look at what could become of the Raiders draft. We're going to bring that in weekly and talk about different players that could make a good fit for the Raiders in the coming draft of 2019. We're also going to hear from Eddie Vanderdose, defensive tackle, who last year tore his ACL. He's on the comeback path, and we're going to hear his story and what it's going to take for him on this recovery mission and how he's spent this year on the pup list with the Raiders and what his comeback path will be like. So we will hear from him a little bit later here in the show. But again, let me reintroduce Michael Gelkin. You can find him on Twitter at GelkinNFL. We're going to get right into it here, breaking down this Chargers matchup for Oakland. Uh, Michael, this has been another crazy week for the Raiders. This week, they released Bruce Irvin. Um, the offensive line still in shambles. We're wondering what the status is of some of the players there. Um, what can you tell us about uh, what's happened here with Bruce Irvin? And most importantly, who's going to step into his shoes at defensive end for the Raiders? Well, first of all, the timing of the move was not ideal. I was in the movie theater watching the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper film oh. when the news arose. I was in. I was. I was trying to do my best not to pay attention to my phone, and I had to text Gilbert and see if he could help me out because I was in a pinch and I wanted. To, I needed to know how the movie was going to end. Um, so the timing wasn't great, but the timing though wasn't. I, I think maybe great for me, but I think it was great for Bruce Irvin because now he gets to finish out this season with his hometown team, the Atlanta Falcons. Now he gets to join a four and four squad, certainly a contender, and he also gets more money out of it. The Raiders still owe Bruce Irvin the remaining portion of his eight million dollar salary for 2018, which amounts to about three point eight roughly million dollars, a little less than that. And so he still gets that money on top of what the Atlanta Falcons are playing him for the final half of the season. So all in all great timing to be Bruce Irvin. He ran onto the practice field 
this week uh, with the Falcons and said something along the lines of, I'm free, I'm free, as quoted by reporters on scene. So he's certainly happy to be out of the 1-7 and seven abyss that is the 2018 Oakland Raiders. And so good for him. And it, I think, was probably the best scene, maybe you could argue, for the Raiders as well. When he was only playing nine defensive snaps, I believe, on Thursday evening against the San Francisco 49ers, a rotational role. Uh, they want guys who can just you know, have the right mindset going into the final half of the season. Everyone in the building knows what it is. It's a bit of a filler. Uh, while they want to develop their, their young talent, it's a bit of a filler to give them that they're out of it until next offseason when they really can address their roster. And so for Bruce Irvin, uh, this stage in his career, to be riding through that, I just don't know if he was necessarily built to handle that emotionally and, and just – it probably wouldn't have been a positive situation for the locker room. So I think it was, it was the right timing for everybody not named Michael Gelkin. <laughs> no, that's unfortunate. How was the movie and what you were able to focus on with it? I've heard nothing but great things about this flick. It was good. It was good. Star is Born, I would recommend it. I would just say, uh, without being more detailed uh, after saying this, it's one of those movies that you walk out of a theater and it sticks with you for a while. Uh, for better, for worse. It's just, uh, it's really well done. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. I have never seen A Star is Born, not in any way, shape, or none of those movies. So for me, this would be a new experience if I were to go. But I appreciate the tip on that, <laughs> just in case I do plan on going. Uh, but I know this, uh, this week, on November 5th, actually, the Raiders did sign Jacquees Smith. Uh, he, I don't think he's really going to come in and play uh, – Auto, uh, into a role like you mentioned Bruce Irvin was rotating in there with the other defensive ends so I don't know where does he fit in if at all immediately as a plug-in for this defense unclear whether or not he'll be active on Sunday against the Chargers but between him and Coney Illy you know these are guys that the Raiders brought in to involve their defense is atrocious certainly from a pass rush standpoint they're the worst pass rush that Pro Football Focus has ever documented on film, uh, which goes back several years. They had four sacks, or pardon me, they had two sacks in their lone win of the season uh, against the, uh, the Cleveland Browns on September 30th. They haven't had multiple sacks in any of their seven losses. And because of that, I think they had four takeaways in that same game against the Cleveland Browns. They've had two takeaways combined in their other seven games, those losses. And so they aren't getting enough pressure. They're not forcing takeaways. The offense has had awful field position pretty much all season. And so if you can find some veterans, even though they've, you're signing them off the street, and I think people's expectations should be adjusted accordingly, maybe one of those guys surprises and proves to be a player for you. Um, it's, it wouldn't be surprised if, if neither do. Uh, given that they have a lot to prove, you know, they've been passed over in this league. These guys have had workouts of other teams and just not gotten an opportunity. Uh, the Raiders were willing to give them one. So, uh, you know, they have the, you know, the somewhat stereotypical, you know, so, so to speak, a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, they, they'll have that. and They look to show that they belong in this league. This is their opportunity over the final eight games. Uh, these eight games mean a lot to them in their careers. I would absolutely think it would, especially going against a divisional opponent. These two teams, the Chargers and the Raiders, have met up, I believe, 118 times. I think that's the most of any opponent that they've had 
in, in meeting-wise, 118 times. But the Chargers right now under Anthony Lynn, this is like their best start since 2006. Again, second place in the AFC West. The offense is ranked at eighth right now in the NFL. You have studs like Keenan Allen, who has 630 receiving yards. You have Melvin Gordon right now at 868 scrimmage yards for the team. And, of course, Phillip Rivers at the helm. Man, he is looking sharper than ever this year. So for the Raiders, this is going to be a really important game for them to try to make a stand, to try to show something, to give a spark to this team. I I don't know where they're going to muster it from, but I think that they definitely, in this kind of a situation, need to try to come out just guns blazing. Like you mentioned in the Cleveland game, Michael, that was one of the games where we could see that. You could see there was a sense of urgency, but it's really not been there. Uh, I haven't seen that spark as much in recent games, and I wonder where they're going to get it. Um, You're there embedded on a week-to-week basis. You talked about how Bruce Irvin's leaving the field saying, I'm free, I'm free. I mean, what's the team's response been to that, if at all, if you've been able to speak to any of the, the Raiders about that departure? And also, you know, where do you think that extra push is going to come from in this game? Who has that spark? I've spoken a little bit to players regarding Bruce Irvin, and it's not, he's not the first defensive co-captain that they've seen go out the door. Derek Johnson was released as well. And so I think they're almost used to it. They're almost numb to it. But I think they're all genuinely happy for Bruce that he got out of the locker room and that he's got a chance at this stage in his career to be part of something, uh, which uh, that's part of something other than a rebuild. Um, as it relates to the Raiders, I, I don't know if it's a lack of sense of urgency, you know, a lack of urgency as to why they haven't gotten off to fast starts and games or being able to close out opponents, just, you know, winning. I just think it's because they aren't very good. They aren't very talented on defense. It's a critical spot. It's an offense. Their offensive line has just been so banged up. I don't think it's a lack of want to. I think it's just been a lack of can do. And so, um, you know, this coaching staff wants to win. This locker room wants to win. They feel urgency. But it's one thing to feel something. It's quite another to be able to go out and execute. And if there aren't mental breakdowns, at times the breakdowns have been physical. So it's been something of a cataclysmic breakdown as to why the Raiders are sitting here out one and seven. Now in come the Chargers. Presuming the air quality doesn't prove to be an issue and this game gets off uh, right on time as planned. And I mentioned this, uh, we're talking on a Thursday and the air quality was deemed to be unhealthy by the Environmental Protection Agency as the Raiders were practicing on this afternoon. So uh, we'll just see, you know, last year when the Chargers came into town, air quality was one of the bigger talking points where the NFL was considering having the game be relocated to Dallas, or I suppose Arlington, uh, at the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium. And so I don't think I can say here on a Thursday that this would be a similar type of conversation that the NFL is having internally. But it's quick to note here just on our podcast that that's something that as we sit here on Thursday that we're at least tracking. Um, that being said, this game for now in Oakland and likely in Oakland, it's – a heck of a test. The Chargers essentially have the roster that the Raiders hope to have someday. The, the roster that they're building toward in terms of draft, in terms of free agency. You look at the quarterback. He's been in his system for a long period of time. He and Ken Wisenhunt know each other so well. This year, John Gruden and Derek Carr were all but introduced when you get past the quarterback camp that Gruden did when 
Carr was entering the 2014 draft. Uh, they really, this is their first time getting to work together and be around each other on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they hope in years' time, you know, it'll be Gruden and Derek Carr having that level of familiarity that Wiz and Phillip have. Uh, likewise, the talent surrounding Phillip Rivers is what the Raiders hope Derek Carr someday will have. You know, he's got Keenan Allen, as you mentioned. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Tyrell Williams. He's got a tight end on AC, uh, who's due to an ACL injury. He was on injury reserve but could return later this season in Hunter Henry. And then defensively, haven't really seen much of Joey Bosa do a foot injury, but between Bosa and Melvin Ingram on the other side and some of the corners they have and some athletic linebackers, Denzel Perriman, a real physical guy up the middle, I mean, this is a really good defense, the type that the Raiders have a lot of building to do before they reach that level. So I think between the state of the season and where the Raiders are and you know the Chargers haven't lost since the Raiders played them in Carson, uh, this is certainly an imbalanced matchup that no doubt favors the Chargers. And if they if they don't rise to the occasion, the Raiders, I just will think it's because of the lack of talent and nothing nothing else. You know, you bring up Melvin Ingram, and uh, for what it's worth, he's already had four and a half sacks on the season. So with the Raiders having given up sack after sack on Derek Carr and having this offensive line that hasn't been able to stay healthy to be able to protect him. How much do you feel like that'll be a big focus uh, of the team coming in, trying to stop that pass rush, trying to keep Derek Carr upright? No doubt it will be. Ideally, they'll establish the run. Ideally, they won't late in games be playing with a negative game script where they almost have to pass, you know, just trying to get back into the game with the two-minute offense and Jalen Richard. You know, ideally, the Raiders can lean on Doug Martin, who suffered a hip flexor uh, last week, but he, he's practicing this week. I, ideally, they will be able to have that balance. But, of course, as we've seen this season, um, that, that, the, that goal isn't always realized. But, yeah, no doubt the Raiders want to keep Derek Hard clean. I mean, the last time we saw him on a football field, he was sacked seven times. He couldn't even finish the fourth quarter because he, the, the, the duress was so constant uh, that John Gruden – rightfully pulled the plug and it was was the only time that he was protected all night was when John Gruden said enough so uh, fortunately Colton Miller the left tackle he's practicing he exited that game with knee and elbow issues uh, most of the knee and then Coleccio Semele who exited that game as well the left guard who actually had to play a little bit of left tackle he's practicing this week with a knee issue with despite a knee issue he's wearing a brace in practice and so having the left side of the offensive line back on the field is critical. Question is, can they have their first full game together? Uh, it has. It's not been since week three, where the Raiders had Coleccio Assembly and Colton Miller playing every offensive snap together. And and here's an interesting stat this week: Derek Carr will be looking to reach the seventeen thousand career passing yard mark, and if he does. He'll become the third Raider to do so. Rich Gannon and Ken Stabler are the other two that hold that achievement with the team. So right now he's at 16,888 career passing yards for the Raiders. And that would be quite an achievement if he were able to get those yards. Just a little under 300 needed by him to achieve that. But 
I don't know if that's going to be this kind of game where he's able to do it. Certainly the Chargers, again, it seems to be one of those games where if the Raiders get behind, he's going to need to pass. But I, I don't think that's exactly what's on Carr's mind right now is getting to that milestone. I think it's more so how am I going to be effective in this game? You bring up the running game and you know, if Doug Martin is hurt, there's always you know, Jalen Richard, but he seems to work more uh, in the passing game for them. He was their lead receiver last week, in fact, with 48 receiving yards and four receptions. So I wonder how much uh, he'll be an impact in the rushing and in the, in the aspect of being a running back as opposed to being more of a, a, a receiver, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, I would, I would just, it's probably worth stress. I, I expect Doug Martin to, to play, and you're probably going to see a similar role breakdown between the two of them. Uh, DeAndre Washington should, um, in the event that for whatever reason Doug Martin needs to exit, um, whatever it may be, over the course of these final eight games, he would probably see the largest role increase. The Raiders really like Jalen Richard and the role that he is in now, which is similar to what maybe a James White in New England has, or you know, really just focusing on that passing game, third down type of back, and then, again, uh, two-minute style offense when playing from behind or just in a two-minute situation late in a half. Okay, so as for the Chargers, we're going to get more into that matchup a little bit later here, but right now what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Eddie Vanderdose on his recovery. We're also going to speak with Gilbert Manzano, who's going to give us a breakdown of some draft picks that the Raiders should look at coming up for this NFL Draft 2019. Again, the Raiders have three first-round picks, so we're going to hear from Gilbert, so stay tuned here to the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by your local Southern Nevada Toyota dealers. The Toyota RAV4, it's up for anything. Toyota, let's go places. Let's go be spontaneous. Let's go out of our comfort zone. Let's go make the most of it in the Toyota Corolla. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by your local Southern Nevada Toyota dealers. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and joining me today, we have Michael Gelkin, our Raiders beat writer, as well as Gilbert Manzano, who will give you a breakdown of some draft picks the Raiders could look at for the NFL draft happening in 2019 in April, end uh, April, in fact, in Nashville. That should be some fun. I'm hoping they send me down there because Nashville, what a city and what an event to cover the NFL draft. So hoping to to get down there and be on the ground and give you all the coverage of what the Raiders do there but for right now we were talking about the Raiders upcoming matchup with week 10 of the NFL season the Raiders hanging on at one and seven at the bottom of the AFC West facing the second place Chargers they are right now six and two and on a roll again we were talking about that they are just coming off their fifth straight win against the Seahawks coming into Oakland and uh, hoping to keep that train rolling but right now we want to kind of switch gears because we were talking about some of the injuries that the Raiders have sustained some of the key injuries that have really affected this team have been on defense although we talk a lot about the offensive line uh, the defensive tackles that the Raiders have missed this season, certainly one of those was last year's draft pick, Eddie Vanderdose. He was the second 
year guy coming in, but tore his ACL last December. And uh, it was a big, big part of the run defense. <laughs> and also the team kind of, I think, one of the players that when I go out and I photograph these games, there's not everybody out there in the early practice run-throughs. There's not everybody out there just kind of running through the field, going through Jills. Eddie Vanderdose was one of those guys. And, uh, Michael, you were able to speak with him about his recovery process. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about that meeting with Eddie Vanderdose? Yeah, we're, we'll play the audio shortly. But just, you know, as you said, it's been a difficult turn for him where he played all 16 games in 2017 as a, as a rookie third round pick out of UCLA got all that experience was eager to build off of it and then in the very fourth in the fourth quarter of the final game of the season ironically against the same Los Angeles Chargers he suffers a torn ACL the same ACL that he previously tore at UCLA and so uh, we'll ask I asked him a little bit just about how he's coming along he's on the physically enabled to perform list. And when you're on the PUP list, you have to miss at least the first six weeks of practice, the start of the season. Um, it's really not what the Raiders envisioned. That's not what Eddie Vanderdose envisioned. He had a setback in training camp that he mentioned in this interview. Um, but just kind of checking in with him as the possibly looms, the possibility looms that he could be activated as early as uh, uh, in terms of playing uh, this Sunday against the Chargers maybe more likely the following week against the Arizona Cardinals. We're expected to learn that on Friday. Uh, but I, I met with him on Wednesday and here were his, his thoughts following, uh, you know, some, a couple weeks of practice and he was going to his uh, second time practicing in pads uh, since he returned from injury. How many pad practices have you had since you started? One? Yeah, one. Yeah. You guys in pads this week at all? Today. Today. Yeah, one pad today. What's it like to have two padded practices going into a NFL game. Gotta play football. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, I know guys obviously have hundreds of padded practices since camp and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I just gotta play, I gotta play football. I guess can't really worry about all that. Yeah. How physically were? What do you feel today? Um, cardio feel fine. Like as far as cardio, it's just the difference between like cardio and football is like you gotta get like the physical cardio. Like when you're running, you don't have people leaning on you. You're not leaning on people. You don't really gotta use strength when you're running. So it's just it's getting those muscles conditioned, you know, for hitting somebody every play. Like you know, taking on double teams and all that. So yeah. that's what it comes down to. Well, Michael, Eddie Vanderdose certainly has a positive outlook. He's looking to come back here and get right back in and pick up right where he left off. I love that kind of attitude from a player. So definitely a piece that the Raiders need to complete this puzzle of how to put this team back together. I think Eddie Vanderdose will be a huge, huge uh, step up right now in talent, like you mentioned earlier, that the Raiders have been lacking and somebody certainly that can contribute right away once he is back. So again, you said that uh, we're looking for a possible return against the Cardinals. And uh, it, it, is there anything at all that you think that would would cause anything uh, that would prevent that from happening? Is there any way that we don't see him that week? A key thing for him is just to put together eight games or seven games, whatever it may be, so that he has some film off of which to build. You talked about how he had those plans for the 2018 offseason. He was robbed of those plans because of that injury coming so late in the year. If he can just 
play these final several games. He can get some game film together, and then he has the opportunity next offseason to really build from it. So I don't think we're going to see the best possible version of Eddie Vanderdos this season, but over the course of these games, it'll allow him to perhaps be that best version of himself in 2019. And Maurice Harris has been uh, a rookie who stepped up in his shoes somewhat during uh, the time that he's been out also with Justin Ellis out. Uh, so Maurice Hurst has kind of filled that role, but uh, definitely would help to have Eddie Vanderdose back on the team. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing his return again. You said that could come against the Cardinals when they go down to Phoenix to play the Arizona. Is that? No, Glendale. It's in Glendale when they're in Glendale playing the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so right now, though, we're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders' season because it is 1-7, and seven, and we are going to have to, at some point, start thinking about how this team is going to rebuild. So we decided, why not start it now? Why not bring you a weekly feature where we talk about the NFL draft and players that could possibly end up as part of the Raider Nation, Gilbert Manzano is now joining us, NFL writer. He also does the power rankings for the NFL every week and five things to look for for the games. Uh, you can find all of that on ReviewJournal.com and give him a follow at gmanzano24. Gilbert, how are you today? Hey, what's up? I, I guess I'm now the college expert. I'm not watching Raider games anymore, so I'm like I'm the scouting team now. So I'm going to get my Saturdays all busy with a bunch of draft picks for you guys, and, I, and I'll bring them to you on a weekly basis. How about that? That sounds awesome, man, <laughs> though you're always still part of the Vegas Nation. Always. But on the, on the college side. So I'm going back <laughs> to college, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you know what I'm watching on Saturdays. Okay, so what do you have for us? Who right now is a standout that you think could possibly go to the Raiders in the first round? Again, they do have three picks uh, coming up in the 2019 draft. So who are you looking at, Gilbert? Okay, first of all, so the Raiders have three first-round picks. It's, it's a lot. It's kind of a historic thing. If you saw Michael Gelkin's story at TheReviewJournal.com, he kind of broke it down how, how rare it is to have three first-round picks, and this high. So they have uh, pick number two. That's their own pick because they're one and seven. And the, the Giants are number one right now. They have the tiebreaker, so they're one and seven also. But their second pick for the Raiders is number 10 from the Cowboys, the Amari Cooper trade. And the third pick is from Khalil Mack to the Bears. The Bears are doing pretty well. I think they're five and three, so that's number 25. So we've seen how bad the Raiders' defense has been. So I'm going to go with all defensive picks for, for the Raiders, uh, I guess, on the clock uh, for 2019 in April. And I know people want to have some quarterbacks here, and they're Justin Herbert is kind of the prize quarterback you want from Oregon. But let's give Derek, Derek Carr so a few games to kind of prove himself, and I think we're going we're to see how he does. I, I think John Green is all in on Derek Carr. So the, the main, uh, I guess, pass rusher that the, that the Raiders probably want or everybody wants is uh, – Nick Bosa, the brother of Joey Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa already kind of, I guess, he's not in school anymore. He kind of dropped out. I don't know what happened, but he's not playing on, for Ohio State, so I can't see him on Saturdays. But everybody loves Nick Bosa, so I think the Raiders could get him at number two. So we'll see after that. I, I also think Ed Oliver could be an option for the Raiders. At maybe, I, I don't think he's going to be there, but if Nick Bosa somehow gone by the Giants, I think the Giants might want to take him. Then you go with Ed Oliver. But after that, I'm going to keep going on defense for number 10. So I'm so many picks, I'm losing track. So we're going with Dex Dexter Lawrence from Clemson, defense and tackle. So we got P.J. Hall already. We got Maurice Hurst for the Raiders playing D-tackle. You guys mentioned Eddie Vanderdose. The more the better. So give Dexter Lawrence a shot. 
And then for the Bears, you go with Devin White, LSU, linebackers. Heidi, I don't know if you can name a, a linebacker on the Raiders right now that's doing anything. They're kind of hurting a linebacker. So Devin White from LSU, hopefully at number 25 for the Raiders, could come in. So you got three defensive players on the front seven, hopefully helping out the Raiders in 2019. All right. Of those, I noticed you mentioned uh, Nick Bosa. That would be kind of cool because then, you know, his brother, obviously, like you said, Joey with the Chargers, then they'd have to face each other twice a year. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great, a, a brother battle. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the first position that if you're, if you're the guy putting together these picks for the Raiders, what's the first position you think you need to fill? Things that Khalil Khalil Max spot. I know you you want Arden Key to be the guy, but you just don't see enough flashes. Hopefully he is the guy, but you need to have more than one uh, pass rusher. Uh, Bruce Irvin's already gone. There's so many guys that are gone on this team. But if you get Nick Bosa, a DN, who people are already com- I know maybe it's kind of the, the safe choice to say, but they're comparing him to his brother, and his brother's really good. I know his brother hasn't played for the most of this year, or actually all of year. Who knows he's going to play for the against the Raiders this week. But if you get a Joey Bosa type like his brother, Nick Bosa, you're kind of filling in that, that spot for Khalil Mack. And it's very rare that you, you get a Khalil Mack type of player. I'm not saying that Nick Bosa could be that guy, but it seems like he's a, like the safe bet to be a guy who could create havoc in the trenches and disrupt opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, in fact, Bosa was a guy he, uh, in October, mid-October, said that he was dropping out to start his preparation for the draft. So obviously he's focused. Obviously he knew he was one of the guys that was going to be looked at right at the top. Uh, Michael, what is your input here as far as what position the Raiders should look at? Uh, You know, in fact, is it a matter of position or is it a matter of who's the most talented person on the board that we can take at, you know, any given position? What's your thoughts on where the Raiders should start? I think the answer is probably a bit of both in that you'll – look for the most talent, but it'll land at the position that Gover's talking about. I think Nick Bosa makes a ton of sense for the Raiders. I, unless I'm misremembering it, I, from being around Joey Bosa back when the when I was covering the Chargers, I'm pretty sure Joey said that his brother was better than him. Wow. <laughs> and and so um, it was, it's been known for a while that Nick was on the rise and was so advanced from having worked with their father and from working – uh, under, you know, with Joey as a bigger brother. And so um, I, I, the pedigree is, is certainly there. He, he becomes the third first-round draft pick in the family. And if the Raiders ended up taking Nick Bosa first overall, second overall, that means that generationally or, you know, just each one is drafted higher than the last one. You know, Joey was taken third overall. I want to say his dad was somewhere in the teens or 20s by the, I believe, Miami Dolphins. I'm really going deep into the memory bank on this one. Um, but Nick Bosa, of course, would be selected there ahead of Joey. So uh, it would be pretty interesting having those two brothers in the same uh, division. Uh, I, I can tell that Nick, Nick Bosa already has some people around him. I, I, he, was, uh, he would tweet some very controversial takes regarding Donald Trump, regarding Black Panther movie, just regarding some things that uh, – NFL draft hopeful probably shouldn't be tweeting out uh, given the controversy surrounding it. Uh, those tweets have since been deleted from his account. Uh, so he's, he's gotten the cleaning. Um, he understands that he's going to be a top draft pick. And so, um, you know, now all that's left for him is for him to get healthy and train for the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, and his total sacks at Ohio State, he ended up with 17. That's a pretty decent number. His second year, sophomore year, because he started as a true freshman, he was like eight and a half, eight and a half sacks in that year. So he's a he's a monster, this guy. But I find it interesting, the dynamic of having two brothers uh, play against each other in the NFL. We've seen it in the past, but uh, you, I remember most notably like um, – Vontae Davis and Vernon Davis because they would always have to match up against each other and one would have to try to <laughs> tackle the other. In this case, you don't, won't see that. But <laughs> again, the family history here uh, goes very deep. Uh, his father, first round pick again, uh, like you said, Michael, 1987. John Bosa. So it runs in the family. Good genes though, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, after we see this uh, this coming game, we're going to, I guess, get a, a another glimpse at where the Raiders could stand. Like you said, the Giants 1-7, the Raiders 1-7, but that could all change after Monday night because the Giants have that Monday night game. It, it'll change weekly, so uh, it'll be your fun. Niners, that's, that's, a big, that's a real barn burner there for the Niners. They go from the Raiders on Thursday night football to the Giants on Monday night. You guys got so lucky. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes with Nick Mullins and his second pass there <laughs> under center. So I'm um, not 100% sold on anything yet. But uh, uh, Speaking of a star is born, Nick Mullins on last Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it definitely <laughs> had, a, had, a, had a solid game there. Uh, I believe he went over 260 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So not, not a bad outing. You didn't outing. cheer on the, on the sidelines, right? Of course okay. not, no. So I would never. Check. I would never cheer as a PR of the credentialed media. It's not an, <laughs> but, no. but he was that great, though. So you Maybe a little fist bump. I don't know if he was great. I don't know if he was great yet. I want to see. Or oh, the Raiders are just that bad. I just want to give another shot at seeing him under center again, and we'll see that on Monday night against Prime the time. New York Giants. So, uh, and as for the Raiders, we will see how that defense holds up against the Chargers coming up on Sunday in Oakland. That's where they'll be playing again, another homestand game here. And last time again that the Chargers and Raiders met was week five, and the Chargers walked away at the win, 26-10. So right now what we're going to do is get into our picks. Gilbert, we uh, – don't talk about what happened uh, before <laughs> the Niners game because none of us gave picks for that. So we're just going to start all You're over. You're correct. Nothing happened. We're going to give uh, picks all <laughs> over for this game. And I'll go ahead and I'm going to start first because I haven't started first yet So when, since we've been doing this. So I'm going to go again with the Chargers. It's not probably a shocker to anybody. And I'm going to say that they ring up that score to 38 points. Whoa. I'm going to give the Raiders 17 High-scoring game. Yes. 38-17 is mine for the Chargers. Michael, what do you have? I'll say 31-10. Give it to the Chargers as well. Boy, this prediction might not require much of a explainer. It's uh, The talent <laughs> gap is there's, there's quite the disparity that exists between the two. They're just at different phases of their roster construction. Uh, we all know what this is for the Raiders, and we know that the Chargers could end up being uh, you know, there and you know, late January playoffs, pushing for a spot in the February game. Like they're they're that good in terms of how they're built. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say this one won't be too close on Sunday. I didn't think so either. Gilbert, Man. bad air quality in Oakland. <laughs> Is <laughs> these, this going to affect the Chargers? These picks are so sad, and there's still eight games left. Like we're gonna keep doing this? Oh, we're absolutely <laughs> gonna keep doing this all the way down to the wire. Okay, well, but just keep in mind, I'm gonna be watching football on Saturday, so I'm off on Sundays now because I'm the college guy. But <laughs> since this is not too hard to predict or to kind of see an outcome, I'm going to go with the Chargers, Chargers 34 to 13. 
Okay. I think we're all about the same range, right? All about all about the same range. All in the 30s for the Chargers and then uh, double digits for the Raiders, but on the very, very, very low end of double digits. So I think I went the highest with 17. Michael had 10. You had 13. So, yeah. <laughs> that about sums so that up. Um, unless you'd like to. I don't know if we need another explanation on that. For, for this for, game? For, for, why for why we're in the score. teens? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because they can't protect their car. Uh, they're at home, though. They Last time they were at home, they had, they had 28 points against the Colts. Uh, but this is the Chargers who have a better defense and they're a better overall. I'm trying, Heidi. I, there's no positive here, so I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, if the Raiders do pull off the win, they will be 500 at home this season, 2-2. Two and two. Wow, I, I didn't know that. No, there you go, positive take. That's why you're the host and you're, you're great. Give you another positive take. Jared Cook right now is a standout among the Titans in the NFL. He's at number four right now with 494 passing yards. Wow. Just under uh, Zach Ertz and leading the pack, Travis Kelsey. So there, there's somebody who's really doing company, all he though. can. I'm guessing you don't see Jordan Nelson and Martavis Bryant anywhere in those, uh, those rankings for wide receivers. Although <laughs> I can tell you that Martavis Bryant broke off the longest run of his career last week with 17-yard okay. run. You're so prepared for this show. I am. <laughs> I do look a lot through every little bit I can, every stat, every number, because I want to be able to provide all of our listeners with – everything that they need to know about their Raiders. And again, uh, we will be back next week talking about what the outcome of this game coming up on Sunday will be. Uh, was, actually, because it'll be past tense by then. And then we're also going to talk about the upcoming game about the Arizona Cardinals next week. We'll be back with more Gilbert draft picks and hear from some of the readers. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes to Vegas Nation and catch up with all of our episodes. And to follow all of us here at the Vegas Nation host, you can look me up on Twitter at Heidi Fang. Gilbert is at GMonzano24. And Michael is at Gelkin NFL. So for all of us here from Vegas Nation, thank you for listening. Listening. And again, we're brought to you by your local Southern Nevada Toyota dealers. We'll be back next week.